Hey everybody, welcome back to Graymalkin Lane's newest Patreon episode. I am thrilled to be joined by uh, my online friend who is now my in-person friend after FlameCon, uh, Ms. Demanda Martini. How are you, Demanda? Hello, hello, hello. I am doing well. I, I mean, I am still not quite caught up on all of the sleep that I missed from FlameCon, but you know, I'm okay. I uh, I slept pretty well at FlameCon. I'm notoriously bad at going to bed early and then waking up at like 4 a.m. That's me. But uh, <laughs> it has been like heat wave West Coast, right? You've heard about that. It's yeah, been like, it's, it's, it's pretty heat wavy here too. It's been like 105, 107 in Salt Lake City, which I've lived here a long time. It has never done that here. It's been awful. So I feel sleep deprived from that. It's that terrible sounds, here. That, I mean, that sounds terrible. So it's been a, it's been in the nineties here. Um, the last the last two or three days, it's kind of cooled off and been like cloudy, rainy a little bit. But yeah, it's it. I mean, when we were in New York, I was like, and I'm dying. But I'm also as a as a drag queen, I'm mm-hmm. I'm always hot. <laughs> I'm always wrapped in at least 17 layers of spandex. Demanda um, and I had a moment where we went to see a drag show after FlameCon one mm-hmm. night and then walked back to our hotel like four blocks. Demanda in full drag, like kicking her heels <laughs> off on the sidewalk so she can walk <laughs> with her stockinged feet, drag queen. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm here <laughs> for it. And the only reason I took them off, dear viewers, uh, dear listeners, is because I'd literally been wearing those shoes since noon. And yeah, it was yeah, what, yeah. like two o'clock in the morning. And yeah, it was it was like midnight. It was that, yeah, oh, that's okay. a long ass time. So, so I I've been wearing those boots for at least twelve hours because those are the same boots I have boot covers for them for uh, Zaladane. So I had Zaladane and then Celine. So I've been wearing those, and I'd wore them the night before as Lady Loki. So like I have been in those boots. A long time. <laughs> I got to see Demanda as Lady Loki, as Celine, as Candy Southern, and as Zaladine. Four looks for one weekend. I was so fucking impressed. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it was a little. It was probably too many. I probably did not need to do that. But at the same time, I felt like I did need to. Like um, for for like the FlameCon party, uh, it was like. I need something that's like somewhat recognizable for for like an audience. Even though it was a nerd audience, the the looks that I had picked out for like the like the actual convention were definitely like super X Men, especially Cerebro podcast specific. Right. So so it was like mm, those those queers will know who I am, but like the other like nerds who are like the anime nerds or like the um. Oh, who are some of the other nerds, like the Pokemon nerds that, you know, that are at conventions. It's like, oh, I know Loki because of the MCU. Right. Celine or Zaladane or Candy Southern. But it was largely X-Men nerds, which was wonderful. And Demanda and I not only got to meet, but we got to hang out. We got to, like, there was, we, like, talked a lot. We, like, bonded and shared stories. It was was so much fun. And, And I have to say, it's one of the reasons that I love conventions because sometimes you actually get to like hang out in real life so I mean I know this is not a flame con podcast or uh whatever <laughs> but I just have to say uh if you are a queer nerd and you want to sort of see like literally your entire social media in real life <laughs> FlameCon is the place to go like I have never been at a convention before so I mean I go to, I go to a fair many conventions I wouldn't say a lot but a fair many 
Um, and I'm, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like toot toot, I'm fairly well known, especially on like X Twitter or like the corner of the um, like X Instagram, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, you know, like the X-Men stuff. But I have never been to a convention before FlameCon where I'm just sitting there just being like, oh, hi, how are you? And I'm just like, oh, hi, I'm Demanda. And people are like, oh, no, no, I, I know who you are. I already follow you. Like it was, it was very like humbling and cool but also like oh my god like I actually like people actually know who I am and like like what I do so like playing con and and like you would just be like talking to random people and like those two people are also like oh yeah we already follow each other on social media it was just it was very awesome it was it was a lot of fun I definitely gonna go next year uh, so I, uh, I plan to go as well. I had uh, a lot of like joy overload there, which was a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, but I also like a little bit of imposter syndrome. I'm pretty new. I mean, I worked for Marvel and all that stuff, but I'm pretty new to this podcast stuff, right? Like I've been at it 18 months and I'm realizing a lot of the people who are in these circles have been around a lot. Uh, so I really appreciated the people that I got to connect with like one-on-one -on -one in a real space rather than like, hi, 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 I'm your fan. Like, it's nice to meet you in person, you know? It, exactly. Just, like It was it, so it was, lovely to connect with you. Yeah, it was so surreal at, um, so I had never met from Cerebro, I had never met Connor in person before. Like uh, we had literally only ever like DM'd over social media. Like you and I have, uh, you know, I've been on your show a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much. You know, we we've chatted. Uh, so like I've like face to face over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, knew who you know know who you are. So like when I saw you in person, I was like, I know Chad. Hi. Um, but like Connor, I had never met in person before. I mean, obviously I had seen pictures of him. Um, so like I literally ran into him as I was performing. Like, <laughs> like literally as I'm performing. Like, and oh hi, Connor. Hi, hello. Um. But it was, it was like so weird to then after my performance, like go over and be like, hi, and like meet him. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, here are these other like somewhat famous people inside comic books <laughs> industry. And I'm like, oh, hi. And I like got super nerdy. Like, hi, I'm Demanda. Like, oh no, hi, Demanda. I know who you are. Like, and I'm like, ah, this is weird. It's yeah. And that's the thing with this podcast. I, I mean, you and I have spent hours together. I, same. Yeah. Uh, and with Connor and, uh, you know, Steve Orlando and Anthony Oliveira and et cetera. Like I've spent, mm -hmm. my, my juggernaut trial was four hours long. And a couple oh, of these people were on that with me. And when you spend that much time with somebody, you get a sense of them. But when you meet them in real life and discover the connection is like real, uh, that's where kind of the joy overload came from. It feels in a post-pandemic world, it feels so nice to be part of this community. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And and I have to say, it was also kind of a gag to then when we went out to dinner, and because I just thought we were going to dinner, we were like meeting like one of your friends, and then it was like, oh no, this is like the dinner where like everyone <laughs> is, is at. Um, and I was not in drag, <laughs> and just like kind of reintroducing myself and be like. Oh, Oh hi, because <laughs> uh, like Anthony Oliveira, uh, Oliveira did not recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody. I mean, you had had the heels on for twelve hours, but everybody had been going for hours at that point. So yeah, you get the, yeah, yeah. you get the after hours at, at seven p.m. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why I mean, I, I, I mean, after after a convention, and I mean, I hadn't eaten in three days, and <laughs> I was I was ready to eat no i did not introduce myself except for to to, to terry 
um, until I ate everything. Because I was like, I need to, and I was probably really disgusting eating, but I had that delicious burrito bowl and I just like shoveled it <laughs> in my face because I was so hungry. Yeah, you had been starving all day. Terry was the <laughs> only person I knew prior. So Terry and I know each other from real life. Uh, and it was oh, lovely okay. to see Terry again too. So, hey, on these Patreon episodes, we're doing single characters. Uh, actually, before I transition, I just have to say quickly, for all of you who have heard Demanda speak or seen Demanda's photos, Demanda is even lovelier and more delightful in person. And frankly, Demanda, you're like a consummate professional. I was so impressed with how on you were all weekend uh, and getting to know you as a person was lovely. So uh, for all of our listeners, Demanda Martini is something fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Sincere, sincere uh, compliments. Uh, so we are, when I have the listeners, or, or excuse me, guests on, we are choosing a character together that kind of fits certain criteria. I wanted to do someone that's a little lesser known or in like a supporting role. And uh, Demanda and I, after chatting, selected the character Lorelai, who no one has ever given a single thought to. <laughs> what made no you- one ever. What made you intrigued to uh, do Lorelai with me? So uh, for people who do know my work, I live for characters who are like the bottom of the barrel, Z-listers, you know, no one knows who they are. Um, so uh, I know Chad will be posting a photo of us. I am dressed as Lorelai as we speak. And I will be also posting images on my social media. Um, and so like that's sort of like my vibe. That's my thing. So I always love, especially female characters, because especially like in early sort of like nerddom and fandom, female characters didn't really get a whole lot to do. They're so, so rare. Yeah. Yes. So Lorelai is the second uh, canonical villain of the X-Men, because um, we had had the Scarlet Witch before, and then- Second, Terry... second canonical female villain. Yes, yes, because we had, we, we had previously had the Scarlet Witch, even though, the, you know, she wasn't really a villain then either, but she was part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and then she went to the Avengers. So Lorelai is part of uh, Magneto's second Brotherhood and uh, a Savage Land mutate, and she also doesn't really get a lot to say ever. <laughs> or do anything aside from being a plot device. Um, she's spoken like 20 words in 60 years of continuity. Exactly. So, I mean, she's been around since, what, 1969? Uh-huh. And has literally appeared in, what, maybe 30 issues? Would you would you even say that many? No, no, I would say like 12. Yeah. Like I will she, literally count as we're, as we're talking. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like she, like, so she's, so she's been around for forever. 14. 14, 14 total appearances. 14 issues. And she still doesn't really have, like, aside from being the plot device. So for those of you who don't know, uh, just quickly, uh, Lorelai has the ability to use her voice in order to mind control men. Uh, not women, which of course is the big loophole in most of these stories, um, but mind control men. And so like they literally just sort of like cart her around and she's just this very pretty, lo lots of big blonde hair, um, usually tits out, um, woman that they just sort of like, hey, sing sing your song. And she goes, Ooh, and then the boys are like, I don't know what to do. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, and then like, 
that's it. And then usually Marvel Girl or whatever other female character is around, like, gets them out of it. Um, which, I, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that it's like they create a female character who doesn't do anything in order for the female superhero to then get to do something. So, Demanda, before we jump in, we have to tell readers, and again, we'll post images, but Demanda is here in full Lorelei drag, looking fit, looking cinched, looking fantastic. Uh, tell us about your drag look today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, tell us about your drag look today. So, I have giant, giant big blonde hair. I've got my big lashes on. I've got my tits out. Uh, I'm wearing a white gown with some red accents across the bust line. So it's not canonically Lorelai. So she has worn several sort of dresses. Like she doesn't really have like a costume. She just sort of has like these gowns that she wears. They're very, so it's usually like, she's uh, usually wears a lot of white, a lot of like soft pinks. Um, and later, in later years, like she kind of like wears some, some colors. She gets like um, a slinky red dress one time. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but this, it, so this was just stuff I had around my house because I'm a drag queen. Um, <laughs> you look amazing. Um, you look part like, I told Amanda, you look part like Shira and part like Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Like I'm super think, into it. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, and the thing is that, I mean, that's sort of like the vibe of most, you know, comic book and slash wrestling women is big hair, tits out, um, yeah, but Lorelai, I I would say her like signature color is like her blonde hair, and then like, and then the like white. She's usually wearing white, and like uh, just her. She always has like baby doll eyes too. Like yes. her eyes are always like opaque with no pupil in the middle. It's like just yeah, circles, so, like black so, circles. Yeah. yeah, so she's she's also uh so she's a savage land mutate. So she was uh Magneto created her just like the rest of the uh mutates like mm-hmm. amphibious and lupo and brainchild um and barbarous the barbarous the only thing that sort of like sets her as not human looking is that she has um sort of like if uh for again those sort of x-men nerds out there she looks very megan when megan's in her true form sure. it's it like towards like the the middle of, uh, I guess, I guess actually towards the end of like Alan Davis's run when she finally gets that, uh, like her true form. Like that's definitely what I think Lorelai was striving for, um, which is another reason why I think I kind of like liked her because I think I might have seen an image of her being like, oh, is that Megan? It's not, it's Lorelai. Um, so, also, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm saying she's also distinctly Lorelai one. <laughs> in in the X-Men world because there is a second Lorelei that comes around around the uh District X 198. Yeah, she's um, like the mutant Medusa. She like whips her hair yes. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she she has pink hair that she can control. Um there's and, also uh there's also the Enchantress's little sister Lorelei, like from the Asgard yeah, comics. So but this so, one is the OG. Yeah, so honestly. She, this Lorelai that we're going to be talking about today might be Lorelai too, depending on when the Enchantress's sister. So, because that Lorelai uh, appeared in the Agents of Shield, I believe, and but she has this, she has very similar powers to this Lorelai, the Savage Land mutate. 
So our Lorelei did appear first. And one of the things that was really delightful to me, uh, the other Lorelei didn't appear till 1984. Oh. Uh, one of the things that was most delightful for me is when I have someone that picks a character they want to do with me, and then I go onto the Marvel Universe appendix, and I'm like, I wrote the profile on this character <laughs> 20 years ago, and I've kept it updated. I love the Savage Land Mutates. It is 60s deliciousness. I love them in the comics whenever they show up. I love them in the animated series. Uh, they are nonsense. They are wonderful. Let's uh, So let's talk about their setup a little bit. It's X-Men 62. Neil Adams is on the book with gorgeous pencils. And, and when we see Lorelai, it's almost a full splash page. Like he draws her like full page size and it's lovely. Mm -hmm. But Roy Thomas is on the book. We uh, we see Magneto in a weird phase in his life where he is calling himself the creator. He's wearing this like yellow and silver costume. And he has established a base of power in the Savage Land uh, where he has found a whole bunch of... And the Savage Land is like the, the Antarctic jungle with dinosaurs in it, right? Uh, that's like uh, so famous in the X-Men because it's shown up so many times. It's full of ancient tribes of people you learn in the comics, uh, we won't do this today, but you learn in the comics that there's ancient alien machinery that's keeping this place prehistoric and alive. And uh, Magneto is using these like alien machines and he's figured out how to get uh, some of the local tribesmen who are seen a little bit like, um, uh, I don't, I, like Bushmen isn't the right term, but they're, they're like archaic societies, people that hunt things with spears and have no technology. So there's like a there's like a colonialism to all this that's very uncomfortable. So it's kind of like the guy coming in and he is he's subjecting them uh, certain members. I don't know how he picked these guys, but he like puts them in a machine that he has built and releases their superpowers. They are not mutants. They are called mutates. It's literally in the name, the Savage Land Mutates. Uh, so here's a quote from Magneto at X-Men 62. He says, there are untapped sources of radiation in this land which make mutants and therefore outcasts of many primitives. Again, again, the use of the word primitive is very uncomfortable. He says, I have rescued these mutants from hostile tribesmen and taught them how to harness their latent power. Now they would fight for me to protect my work from an envious Caesar. And Magneto loves to boss people around. He loves to have people do his bidding to call him master. He literally even made a toad guy because he used to punch toad around. Toad told betrayed him. And now he has amphibious. Uh, so the, the members include, uh, and I'll, I'll use Magneto's quotes here. Gaza, the blind giant I taught, taught to see mentally. Amphibious, the man frog. And four-armed Barbarous, both tormented because they were different. Lupo, who is at one, excuse me, who is one with certain beasts. Brainchild, with a computer-like mind and the emotions of an infant. And our absent associate, an amusing fellow known only as Piper, who can play a flute and, you know, lead dinosaurs around. Uh, so the X-Men attack, there's a big battle. And in issue 63, we get Lorelei for the first time. Magneto unleashes her, uh, brings her out to uh, take over the entirely male team. And again, she is the second girl the X-Men have ever fought, which is amazing. Uh, and he says, before you come closer, feast your eyes and ears upon the newborn mutant behind me. I call her Lorelei. A short time ago, she was one of the nearly mindless swamp savages who inhabit this hidden world. But now, Magneto has turned her into the latest of his neo-mutants, artificial mutants created by the attacked power of the self-magnetic pole. Listen to her, X-Men, listen well. Hear the gentle golden music, music which she makes. Gaze at the flawless beauty which is hers. She is Lorelei. 
And we get this beautiful image of her. It's X-Men 63, page 16. It's like blank white eyes, like pursed lips, long like hair all the way down to her fucking knees or below. Like she must comb this hair for bajillions of hours. It is feathered. She's Farrah Fawcett all the way down. It's like this hair that I am currently wearing. It's big and it's heavy, but it only comes down to about the middle of my back. I do have hair that like comes down to like the like the 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 bottom of my back oh my god that would weigh like 60 pounds yeah like it's heavy so like and i mean and like you know some some performers like they they wear like these like double triple stacked wigs and they're just so huge and so heavy so it always just makes me laugh when i see characters in comic books with these giant hairstyles that like go all the way down to the knees i'm like that is heavy and also to get it to be like that big and voluminous usually when you see uh like you know people who have like grown their hair out for like the guinness book of world records or whatever their hair is like straight it's just like back and down but like her hair is just like this big mane of these big blonde uh like this big blonde mass and i'm like that is like a superpower in itself is to just like maintain this hair. We it's talked like, about this in a, I, I just did an episode on the Frightful Four with, uh, with, oh goodness. Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. I was trying to think of the professional leader. Oh, with Sandy Plunkett and Gabriella Garbero's on. And she's, we, we talk a lot about how Medusa must have super powered neck muscles because she's doing some crazy shit. Uh, I'm picturing Magneto. He's like, we need to have one girl on this team. And he right. has like he has like 30 local tribes girls brought in. He puts them through the machine one at a time. And one's with short hair. And she's like a brunette. And he's like, no, get rid of her. And like <laughs> he waits until Lorelai has the perfect, like luxurious tresses. And then he's like, you, you're the one we shall keep. Right. And and, and so then and then afterwards he makes a vertigo. Again, he makes these two girls with like mind-altering powers. We get Vertigo <laughs> later, and then we get Whiteout, who's the oh, other yeah, female out. member. And of the three, I love them all, actually. All three of the <laughs> female members of the Mutates. Whiteout I mean, I... is, like, is like an Eskimo snow princess. And like <laughs> Vertigo, of course, is famous for the Marauders with her like green circles. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've done I... Vertigo drag before, right? Yes, I have. Um, so, so now I'm like, I guess I need to do Whiteout. Whiteout's gorgeous. I think she has like full Moon Knight face mask though. If I'm right. Really oh yeah, 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 yeah. She, she's, she's pretty much. Um. Oh, what's her name from Shira, the the evil witch? Oh, it's been too long. Oh. You, you know what? This is completely off topic. Oh, it's not a face. So her like cowl comes down. I just looked her up, and her face is like in shadow. So it's probably yeah, yeah. Like a black cowl. Uh, I'm interviewing Chuck Austin in a few weeks, who oh who worked on Shira for Netflix. Yeah. And he's been lovely to communicate with. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him. Um, so Lorelai in this initial image by by uh, uh, Neil Adams is like purple top over her breasts and then like white flowing gown all the way down to the fucking floor with like open sleeves. And she's got her arms straight out and like her hands and like this little like right angled, like she's posing breast oh, yeah, yeah. out, back arched, and she is singing. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think we should come up with a few. So she's famous for her like 
ooze. It's like little O's, big O's, like undulating letters in blue, just dripping out of her mouth. Uh, what does her song sound like, Amanda? I, I, I mean, I, I would assume it sounds very um, not like that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking seltzer. Cut that out. Oh, I don't want to. It was amazing. <laughs> I know. I could feel it coming out. Like, oh, fuck, what does she sound like? <laughs> she. I mean, I, I. I. I think she kind of sounds like. Um. I imagine it to be a little bit like a um like like a fire alarm like like what but like not one of like the like really loud ones but like ones go. Like I, I imagine it's very that where it's but it's very soothing. Can you imagine like, if it was like if it was like police siren, like <laughs> I'm sure that would not like rest them all into her Jean is under, her under ears and the guys are like, oh wow, she's amazing. <laughs> well, she she's and the thing is you can tell that Magneto like kind of specifically created her to do two things one stop these teenage boys with her giant boobs just be like oh my god hi because i mean i think even scarlet witch kind of had that effect on them where they were like oh it's a pretty girl i don't i don't know what to do what's going on so it's like it's like first of all like they get kind of like sucked by how pretty she is and then she sings her little song and then they fall under I, I also I was thinking of different so like my first my brain goes first to like a ghost sound where it's like Ooh. <laughs> right and then I and then I thought what if she was like uh like Kardashian like it's like you think it's beautiful but she's really just like oh. like yo uh, like I was thinking of all these different terrible <laughs> she's like oh. if she like uh like mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> little little yeah little she's a little may westy like give it us a little shimmy <laughs> like oh oh i haven't seen it sometime come down to my cave and see me sometime because you know she lives in a cave <laughs> i mean of course she no she lives in the swamp <laughs> she's in the swamp she's one of the swamp people Oh goodness. Uh I also got this like horrible image of like her parents sold her to Magneto for like oh, dinner, I'm sure. right? Cuz we have no backstory for this woman. There's nothing no, about no, her. No. We do, you did send me that picture though. She does have, have a real name. Oh my god, should we Yeah, so let's pause here and then we'll go <laughs> to in the first official handbooks, which is like early 80s. Uh, they did a brief entry. It's like a half page entry on the entire Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I almost forgot this existed until right before we recorded. And they just give like a quick series of headshots and tell you everybody's like first name or real names and first appearances. And this is the spot where we learn <laughs> where we learn Lorelai's first name is Lani Ubanu, which is very savage landy, but she is wearing, this is like, She's drunk. The camera flashed in her like, eyes. She, she, this she, is a she, terrible picture. She has one wonky eyelash. <laughs> and like her nose is almost non-existent. Like she did not contour her, or she contoured it to death, where it's like, it's not even existent anymore. I've but, taken photos yes, like I mean, this. Thing. But I will <laughs> say that this, this headshot of hers is kind of what inspired my look today. I did a, a nude lip 
and just some soft yellow eyeshadow. Um, because I was like, oh, well, obviously she's she's very soft. She's she's very delicate. Because even like her like her clothing style and her hair and like her face, like she's just very she's very like soft and and in her appearances, like she doesn't really get ever get to like say anything. Cause like at least Vertigo, she's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. Like she, like she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill some people. Like, like she, she wants to like fuck people up with her powers. Where Laura's just like, I don't, I don't know why all of these boys are just following me around. Like I don't, I don't know. So this image, I think Lorelai was like in the chair getting her hair done for like seven hours, and the make. <laughs> The makeup lady hasn't come yet and they're doing a tester shot and she is not ready. And then that's the image they use for the handbooks. God damn it. Quite literally. Again, like, she's, got, she's definitely got like one wonky eyelash. Like, could we eyelash. take could we take another screenshot and you and I can make Lorelai's face from this image? You don't have to pull your actual eyelash off because I think- I did, I'm just gonna do this. This is, this is, this is like, <laughs> like, I have to do like a- Oh, that's not right. I I gotta make it's a. Okay, okay, one more. We're doing screenshot sounds. Okay, I got you. Got to do it one more time. I gotta time it perfectly. Okay, here, okay, here we go. Okay, yeah, that's that's as good as we're gonna get. <laughs> like this like, is this is a terrible photo. We'll post it. Image. It's terrible. So bad. It's so bad. <laughs> okay, so we're back. We're back. Uh, Lorelai sings to the X-Men and they are all like mind controlled except for Jean Grey. And uh, then Lorelai turns to Magneto and she says, can Lorelai stop making strange noise now? Actually, I kind of want to give her like a, can Lorelai stop making strange noise now? And Magneto says, yes, my savage little siren. And you know, he like slaps her on the ass. I know. Oh. And he's like, my guests are spellbound with no will of their own and they shall remain so until I kill them. And then Jean says, that's enough talk about killing Magneto. Maybe little Miss Glowworm bewitched the male of the species, but she didn't do a thing for a Marvel girl. <laughs> and then Magneto's making this, he announces his plan to like build a giant army of mutates. And Jean uses like her telekinesis to lift Cyclops's visor and the blast goes off and fucking destroys the machine. And Laura's like, Laura's like, like what's happening? Oh, and then the Savage Land mutates all lose their powers. And as it's happening, she says, Lorelai feels so strange. Like she'll soon be coming out of a deep sleep. And she falls over and the whole base fucking blows up. And now apparently she's like a cave woman again. Tell me your thoughts on the she's initial a swamp, appearances. A swamp lady, first of all. Swamp lady. Not a cave woman. She's a swamp lady. That's fair. She's a swamp lady. I'm picturing uh, her a few days later just wandering the swamp and her hair is like tangled and there's fucking branches stuck in it. Well, there's like a bird nest is, built in the back. Well, but the thing is like, did the was the hair part of like her transformation? Because like if they lose their powers and they all revert back, I'm assuming that that like some of her hair goes away. Just like I, the barbarous go away and like Lupo turns back into a man and Barbarus loses his other arms. He's forearm light. <laughs> right. He's, he's definitely forearm light. Um, oh we need a forearm Barbarus sex scene. That's what I think we need. So, so many, many so many hands that can do so many things. So, so many things. But like, well, those like two two of the hands could just be like doing a thumb war because like there's so only so many things. 
Magneto after this has an appearance in Amazing Adventures where he creates like a race of like subhumans where he fights the inhumans with them and they are way worse off than the mutates. We'll get there eventually <laughs> on the podcast, but this is Magneto's mad scientist phase. And then his like brain is altered by Moira McTaggart after he gets turned into a baby. We'll get there later. <laughs> but uh, this is... It, this is Magneto at his worst. He's misogynistic. Yeah. He is he's, horrible. He's, he's super gross. And like the thing is that like the mutates of the Savage Land, like they like they didn't ask for this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they didn't really want to be there. Also, I really hate, I really hate the fact that Lorelai speaks in the third person. Like it's really, it's really like. I don't know. It 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 just like adds so much to the layer of the misogyny. Like she's like she she literally has like no she has so little to say and so little things to feel that she's not even herself. Like you know what I mean? She's problematic. The other one that's really problematic is Brainchild. Who, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually and it's not going to happen for a minute, but I'm going to do one of these episodes on Brainchild with Danny Lore in a few months. <laughs> I'm, Super excited to delve in because oh brain, brain child um but yeah but like Laura like just like she just feels like a walking sex doll like and and like that like that's her purpose like that's what she's created to do because obviously Magneto thought that oh well, she's gonna distract these boys and make them do whatever you know whatever whatever and it's just it's just gross. <laughs> It really is very gross. So this next part was actually really fun for me. And I'm going to I'm going to get like personal for a sec. So my dad left when I was a kid and we're not close. We never have been. He's never been part of my life. Literally couldn't tell you the names of my children. Uh, And now he's got like Alzheimer's and it's very sad. But the one thing my father loves is German Bavarian shit. Like he lived in Germany when he was like in the army and like he will like listen to German polka music and like later hosen and like beer halls like he doesn't drink but he's like he's just very into anything bavarian so this next part was actually kind of fun because i listened to a lot of german music when i was a child so (laughs) when i looked up lorelei like just googled the name i learned this whole thing that i never knew before so lorelei apparently is the name of like this massive rock that juts out of the rhine river in germany And like the translation of this means like murmuring rock. And apparently the water like swells around this rock and it makes this like murmur sound that like echoes across the water because it's like something about the way this sound plays off the rock formation. And this has been used by like various writers who created like this mythology around it. And in 1801, some guy named Clemens Brentano, which is such a super villain name. Maybe that's Brainchild's real name. Clemens Brentano uh, composed a ballad that created this uh, story about a character named Lori Lay, like L-O-R-E space L-A-Y. And he like created this woman who apparently has been accused of bewitching men and she's been consigned to a nunnery, but she accidentally like ended up on this rock and her love has fallen into the water Uh, to his death and she's just sitting on this rock like combing her hair forever and uh like this poem became kind of famous and so Lorelai this rock formation has become associated with this like siren woman just forever combing her hair on the rocks and singing and there was a song written about this 
uh, do you want to read, or if you're willing to, Demanda, sure. the lyrics of this like classic German song? We will not sing this for you, but you can find it on on YouTube. It's very boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> I don't know what it may signify that I am so sad. There's a tale from ancient times that I can't get out of my mind. The air is cool and the twilight is falling and the Rhine is flowing quietly by. The top of the mountain is glittering in the evening sun. The loveliest maiden is sitting up there, wondrous to tell. Her golden jewelry sparkles as she combs her golden hair. She combs it with a golden comb and sings a song as she does, a song with a peculiar, powerful melody. It seizes upon the boatman in a small boat with unrestrained woe. He does not look below to the rocky shoals. He only looks up at the heights. If I'm not mistaken, the waters finally swallowed up fisher and boat. And with her singing, the Lorelei did this. Here's literally like five seconds of the song. <laughs> Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on this crazy like mythology behind her name. It's just interesting that like it's still very because like that that across all mythologies, especially of European variety, there is women who sing songs that control men's minds that usually lead to their demise. Like, like that, like so, sirens. Of course, from Greek mythology, Lorelai from this one, and I believe Lorelai from, um, you know, the Thor that we were talking about. I think is still based on a Lorelai of Norse mythology. So, like, it's just interesting that, like, like this is a common theme that men have, thinking that women are going to trap them and then kill them. It's literally like the 1801 version of being like, dude, she pussy whipped you. Don't listen. <laughs> right, right. It's it, it's just interesting that like this is a a common theme that that happens that women women are bewitching, but will ultimately lead to men's demise. So in Avengers 105, it's 1972. Steve Englehart brings the Savage Land mutates back. Magneto so, has so, so that was three years. Three, three years, years later, that they did not appear. And then uh, uh, the mutates have like kidnapped some scientists, brought them back. They want them to like make more mutates. And the Avengers and Sif, who we love, uh, attack and like beat the mutates up. But then Equilibrius, uh, who's another mutate, summons Lorelei. Her hair is like red this time and she's in a green dress. And she is, so quote, she glides across the room as if her perfect feet do not touch the gritty dust lying thick upon the floor. She glides to the chamber. She sings. She languidly moves. But most of all, she is she! Exclamation point. And then it's and then Scarlet Witch and Sif are not affected because, you know, they have vaginas. And they, <laughs> they run up and Vision uh, also is not affected. He like phases his hand through her and she is done for. 
so we have the second appearance of Lorelai, and she has a die job. Tell me your thoughts on this story. It, so, first of all, your volume has turned down for some reason. Oh, like you're not hearing me as well on your side? I, I, yeah, like all of a sudden you're a lot quieter. Uh, I will check my calibrations, but I hope it's coming through. Maybe my ooze. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your ooze did, did something. set it off. I, yeah, I think I'm okay. My volumes are still coming through on this side. Okay. Well, you're quiet. It's fine. Um, here I'll just turn you up on my side. All of a sudden, I'll get blasted by by your thing. Next thinking. time, I ooh, you're gonna yeah, it's just gonna knock okay. you down. So, I ha I have a huge problem with Marvel in general, like continually trying to make everyone a redhead. <laughs> like, it's just like, not everyone needs to have red hair. Not everyone needs to have red hair. Um, but all, but it's also interesting that before Magneto created uh, Vertigo, he created Equilibrius, who was literally the, sa the same thing, but just a boy. Yeah, Very straight. way better. <laughs> yeah, Vert Vertigo's way cooler. Um, because again, she wants to kill people. Um, but like, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I, and here's the thing, like she doesn't, Lorelai doesn't get to do anything. Like, you know, they're fighting or whatever. And then they're like, okay, now come in. And like the fact that she's kind of like, again, floats in, does her thing. And then everybody, I don't, she's again, like she's nothing but kind of like a plot device, which again, is one of the reasons that of course I love her because it's like, she doesn't really, um, I think we kind of talked, uh, uh, Connor and Jay talked about this on their live episode where uh, someone asked a question, why is it that uh, X-Men fans in particular like kind of latch on to these Z-list characters because it's easy to like sort of put your own spin on that character because there's nothing written for them sure. to have any kind of personality. Um, but it's, it's just so interesting that again, like she doesn't, she still doesn't get to do anything or have any agency, or like, get to be a part of the actual story. She's literally just like, like she literally might as well just be an actual device, like an actual like mind control machine versus a person. I am picturing Magneto like re-giving the powers back to the mutates, and Lorelai comes to him and she's like, "Look, life in the swamp is not going well for me." <laughs> And I would really like to join the team. And Magneto's like, I can just make another one of you. Like, you should have been better last time. And she's like, oh, please, Master Anything. And he's like, all right, you can come back, but only if you are a redhead. Like, I met Jean Grey, and she <laughs> is gorgeous. And, it, like, you have to dye your hair red. And she does it, and she looks great. <laughs> but I prefer her platinum blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's, it's, it's, but it's, it's true. Like, he brings her back, and it's like, Okay, but this time talk less. <laughs> and she literally just sings, and that's it. <laughs> that's kind of all yeah. that happens for her. Uh, and then we get two more years, Defend Defenders 1516, which is the infamous story of Magneto uh, with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Blob, Mastermind, Eunice the Untouchable, and Lorelai. And he creates Alpha, the ultimate mutant, and fights Professor X and the Defenders, and he goes to the United Nations and demands a country, and in the end... His own creation, Alpha, is like, fuck you, you're evil. And he turns Magneto, Blob, Eunice, Mastermind, and Lorelai into little babies. 
<laughs> they end up on Muir Island where Moira keeps them until Eric the Red, Davin Shikari, flies down from space and brings them back to adulthood behind the scenes in a future comic book. But the, <laughs> the key piece of this story in The Defenders is, I love this story, it's one of my favorites, uh, <laughs> is when uh, Magneto introduces, uh, he says, here's his quote, he says, I even restored the lovely Lorelei to my side once more, a mutant I myself had created. Call it a Pygmalion complex, if you will, but I found I had grown... I'm making Magneto British. <laughs> I found I had grown quite fond of her, if you... Uh, fond of her somehow. Uh, so, do you know the story of Pygmalion? Yes, of course. Is there a problem with Magneto referring to his creation as his Pygmalion? Yes! <laughs> because... So, so Pygmalion, for people who aren't aware, Pygmalion is also literally the story of My Fair Lady. Mm -hmm. So he's literally just like, I found this person that I thought was not, or or even like she's all that, or it's newer one, he's all that. Finding someone that you find to be not desirable socially, and then creating them to be more socially acceptable. Like, it's gross. Yeah, I it's 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 a guy creating a sex doll. And yes, yes, and and like and again, like she has no agency. She still has yet to speak a word. Like honestly, she has yet to like express she feeling. No she has no hobbies. <laughs> uh, and then motivations. Again, she, as I said before, she literally might as well just be like a mind control gun. Like there's literally like she doesn't. He created her to literally just be a mind control gun. Like she doesn't and get to do anything. We do get like creepy misogynistic uh, narration around her, which is weird because I hate misogyny, but I also love this part of her character. There's something just so funny about the way they have to like romanticize how gorgeous and ululating she is. So here's here's the here's the narration around her in Defenders. They say, the lovely Lorelai parts her rose petal lips and begins to sing a siren song that has a rather singular effect on any male unfortunate enough to overhear it, stopping Nighthawk and Professor X quite cold in their tracks. And again, she just, <laughs> And uh, Professor X manages to like hit Nighthawks, or Nighthawks, Nighthawk is the Defenders guy, Kyle Richmond. He hits his yeah. jetpack and Nighthawk like fucking crashes into Lorelai. And she's like, oh, and like knocked out. And then that's basically, then she's turned into a baby. And she's a gorgeous baby. She has long golden baby hair that goes past her little baby butt. Like she's, she's lovely. <laughs> Of course, like she, she also has the hair. Even then, how would you know that she was a girl? <laughs> <laughs> baby Blob is so cute. Baby Eunice, they're like little gay babies together. It's so, <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, a little, a little brotherhood babies. So then she's gone for three more years. Uh, it's uh, we learn in Uncanny X Men one hundred four. They've been restored to adulthood in Champion seventeen. There's a weird story. This is the final issue of the Champions, which has Angel and Iceman on the team. And Vanisher has reprogrammed some Sentinels. And Lorelai and uh, her little friends are pretending to be afraid of the Sentinels. They're like, oh no, they're coming to get us. And the Champions kick their asses and like Darkstar, who you've also done cosplay. Yes, this, Darkstar, I mean, like, this is Darkstar's hair. <laughs> Darkstar, like, animates a sentinel to attack him. Lorelai doesn't have a lot to do here other than, like, run around with, like, like crazy hair and, like, ah, the sentinels are after me without ever really talking. Like, there's not much that happens here. 
but it's a fun spot for her. Uh, any thoughts on this champion's story? <laughs> I'm, again, she. I mean, I guess at least she's showing emotion. She's scared of the Sentinels. She's pretending to be scared. <laughs> Vertigo, Vertigo got this whole career with the Marauders, and Lorelai got to be part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I, I mean, did but did she? I <laughs> it's mean, like, but, but did she? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, technically, she has the membership card. But did she actually get to do anything? Magneto's like, not we, really. need, we need Scarlet Witch, but not as whiny. Like, I'm going to create my own girl this time. It's, yeah, it's problematic. Right, right. Uh, and then we don't see Lorelai again for like 15 fucking years. And it's a crazy Mark Grunwald story. Mark Grunwald is like my personal Marvel hero. He has a long run on Captain America that's not always great. And he he has like themes. Like he has an island of superpowered women. And then he'll do like a werewolf arc and bring all these characters in. He loves he loves like thematic stories. Uh, sorry, pause one second. Yes. So my lovely lady, her name is Miss Carol, who makes my costumes, some of my costumes. So she like made Zaladane. So she made me this scatterbrain shirt, like top. Yes. Like five years ago. And I just found she's notorious for leaving pins inside the costume. <laughs> and I literally just found one. Phenomenal. I'm gonna I'm gonna text her later. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't poke anything. I mean, I, I I was I was surprised that it didn't make me bleed. It did poke me. But anyway, sorry. Uh no, so Mark Grenwald in Captain America 415, so it's 1993. Uh, he tells a big Savage Land story, and I'll just cover it very briefly. Lorelai is wearing like a full-length green dress with like pink diamonds dripping down her from neckline to sternum. It's actually quite stunning. She's working in the Savage Land for a character named the High Technician, who is awful. And they he has captured the Falcon, like Sam Wilson, and Lorelai has taken over his mind. But he like covers his ears and her power is spreading like concentric circles from her mind connecting him to her and the high technician is like a former aide of the high evolutionary and he's evolved some dinosaurs and he wants Lorelai to control them and then Captain America and Diamondback like our queen Rachel Layton attack and Lorelai who now has like a boob window in her dress uh -huh. started to take over Captain America's mind but Diamondback tosses like a gas diamond and knocks her out and then they kick the high technician's ass. And it's a <laughs> fine story. And Lorelai still has no character at all. But what are your thoughts on this? Story? I mean, again, poor Lorelai. Like, she just doesn't, like, she has no motivation for herself. Like, she's always under the control of some man wanting her to get other men to do his bidding. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I mean, obviously this is a character profile, but, like, she's still... I mean, we're now in what, 1970s? In the 70s now? This is 1983. Oh, oh my, this is all the way. It's where it ends. So she's now been around for 30 years. Yep. Pretty much. And she still hasn't done anything. It's like she literally still hasn't like been able to like exert her own, her own self, which is, it's so, like, it's so weird because even at least like the other Savage Land mutates sort of like get like their own personality and their own motivations for doing things eventually um but it also just goes to show 
Like, you know, now we're into 1993. Like, even Zaladane didn't find a use for her. It's like, Zaladane was like, I'm done being the assistant of the high evolutionary. Take this girl. She's useless to me. I'm going to go back to the Savage Land and try to, like, take things over and, like, steal Magneto's powers. You take this girl. She'll, like, sing or whatever for you. Like, I feel like that's kind of what happened. That Zaladane was like, here, take this girl. She's very pliable. Do you think she's, like, a little bit, like, I need a man to love me? And, like, the high technician has come along, and no one cares about this fucking character, but he's, like... I honestly... I don't even think it's that deep. I don't even think that she... I don't think that she thinks or feels at all. Like, I, I, I mean, again, just going from, like, what's on the page. I feel like she's literally just, like, handed around from, like, master to master to be, like here, you take her now. I don't really have, she's not a part of my plans this time, so someone else will probably have use for her. I do like uh, Rick Levin's redesign of her. I think it's kind of fun. I think he sticks true to like that very classic initial image of her where it's the dress and it's the like flowing hair and she's very much like arms posed as she sings. Like they stay pretty consistent with her look. Just Uh, very this. Mark Grunwald <laughs> wrote the handbook, but he's like going through the handbook. He's like, who's a character we haven't used in a while? Just, just <laughs> we, have, we haven't seen her in 15 years. Um, but also speaking of Diamondback, she is on my list. I've wanted to do a Diamondback for a long time. I'm debating whether or not to do classic Diamondback or like the new Diamondback from the recent Domino series with like the hooded duster. Or there's Diamondback when she, like, shaved half her head. Do you remember that look? Um, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love Diamondback. I especially love Bernie Rosenthal. Captain America's old girlfriend, Bernie Rosenthal, is, like, yes. top ten but, favorite but I mean, I guess to, if I just get the suit, I could also... I mean, I also have hair that I could use for her already. But, like... I also love when, again, because comic books, when Diamondback and Dazzler trade bodies and Diamondback starts smoking in Dazzler's body and she's like, bitch, you better stop. <laughs> you better tell. X-Men Annual 13, if I'm yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, and then Lorelai's gone another 15 years. <laughs> and then she comes back in Cable and Deadpool number 49 of all places by Riley Brown brainchild is now the leader of the mutates and he has taken over magneto's old base and he is expanding their power and he has lorelei take over the mind of kesar who i i think lorelei like of all the people she's mind controlled this is the guy she'd be like can i use my powers to take him in the back and fuck him because she's like amazing <laughs> probably, she, she's like he definitely is my type no clothes <laughs> loincloth she's like i feel she's like i'm relating to this i'm i'm going through all my daddy issues and like he definitely reminds me of my swamp dad his hair is as pretty as mine and i (laughs) want him (laughs) we're gonna have beautiful little blonde babies i mean obviously shanna would like kick her fucking ass but oh and she's when lorelei's back in the swamp and she's just like sitting there watching kazar like fly over once in a while she's like god (laughs) damn it, he makes me hot. Like, you just know she's having these moments in the Savage Land. Anyway, uh, Deadpool and the icon Bob, Agent of Hydra, attack, and, like, Lorelai's disrupted, and then, like, Kazar punches her in the face, and then, like, Brainchild gets punched in the face, and then we're done. Yeah, 
again, it's like Lorelai, it's like control this boy, and then she gets knocked out, and then story's over. <laughs> and then the last time we see her, she's only been back one more time, same year. Marvel Comics prevents presents prevents Marvel Comics prevents all kinds of things like uh, <laughs> fair storytelling for women in the sixties. But in Marvel Comics Presents, Volume 2, Number 6 and 7, Christos Gage, who I adore, and uh, art by Joyce Chin. Lorelai is weird. Did you look this story up? She looks... So, I, so I, I did see images from this story. She looks... This is not her, it feels like. She's in, like, a red dress. There's still a boob window, don't worry. And, like, slit in the dress. She's, like, Reba McIntyre fancy... Her mom yes. wore a red dress, and she is off trying to make her living in the world. Her full leg is out, and, like, Roxxon, the evil oil company, and some, like, supervillains are in the Savage Land. And the mutates team up with Kesar and Shanna and Zabu and Devil Dinosaur and Moonboy and Stegron, the <coughs> dinosaur man. And Lorelai's, like, over in the corner, like, hey, Kesar, I'm over like, here. Hey, Kesar, do you remember that time? I remember, like mind controlled you or whatever. We should fuck. <laughs> Shanna can watch. In fact, she can join us. <laughs> she's like, she's like, whatever. <laughs> but like Lorelai takes over in the minds of the like boy bad guys, anyone who has a dick, and then like the heroes win. And she's kind of the star of this story, even though she does nothing. I mean, here's here's the thing. She finally, after how many years, actually gets to do something super productive with her powers, where it's like, oh, this evil oil company, obviously they're all men. I'm going to take over all of them and then everybody else punch them in the face. And then I'm just going to like stand in the background with my with my Angelina leg out of this dress. <laughs> she and just, looks like... And just, and just be hot. She looks like there's like magic coming out of her hands in this, and then like her- Yeah, hair, like, like again, I, I saw the image. I think, I think people think that like her- like control over people is more like energy based instead of like sound based. So it's like she looks more like very witchy in in this thing. Yeah, she's like very I don't know like Jennifer Kale or like uh, she just she doesn't seem like Lorelai here. But maybe she's you know maybe she's had a rebirth. Maybe she is like her own woman now. She's <laughs> built a house in the swamp. <laughs> she is done with men she is really <laughs> and, and she 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 has the sign up being like get out of my swamp <laughs> she's she's had her shrek 2 moment uh so what is demanda what is the lorelei story that we're waiting for what's the story that needs to be told to make people give a shit about that? i mean i would actually really like to see her like actually have like a personality like actually like i would like to see her sort of come out of the savage land maybe even on krakoa i mean i i, I mean do, does she count does she get does she get to like you know join in the festivities on she krakoa has, she has like a mom and a dad living in a shack in the swamp and she has to keep going back to work for these awful men to feed her elderly parents who she it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the swamp in the Savage Land, and she's like, "Mommy, like, Daddy, it's me, Lonnie Ubano, and I'm back. I brought Lonnie you Lonnie Ubano, which is a terrible name. Like, I would, I would just really like to see someone do something with her where she's not just the central plot device. Like, I would actually like to see 
some sort of character development at all. Again, she's been around for uh, 60 years now? 60 years. Mm -hmm. She's been around for 60 years and she literally does not have a personality. So I would like to see someone do that. So it's her. like the same story. Her, We see her parents <laughs> starving. They're sharing a bed in the swamp hut. And then Brainchild comes over and he's like, hey, Lorelai, I hear your parents are starving. I'll give you some like some like bug meat if you, if you sing for me. And she like punches him in the face and is like, I'm done with you. And it's like her moment of liberation where she's like, I am going to take care of me from now on. No more men. <laughs> Because because even in all of these stories, like, does she even get dialogue? Uh, just a couple of words. Literally, there's like 20 words ever. And it's like, Master Magneto, did Lorelai please and, you? And, and again, and she talks in the third person, which is ugh, so gross. It's, I, 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 I would like to see her, like, become a person is what I would, I would like to see for her. I love this character, but because of the 60s misogyny, and that's a terrible, weird thing to say, but because they made her this, like, sex doll come to life, and they, like, treat her with so much, like, ooh la la, look at this. But also, her powers literally make her do this. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> An O face. And what do sex dolls have? An O face. That's literally what her powers do. Uh, what do you think after reviewing Lorelai? Do you love her, hate her, indifferent? I mean, her? again, I still have a soft, so I still have a soft spot for Lorelai. Again, I would I would love to see her more. I would love to just again have anyone to sort of like put her in a story. Just like I mean, we literally just got a really great story arc for Birdie. For Birdie, who is again another character that I've cosplayed. She literally appeared in five issues before they killed her. Um, I would, I would love to see that, like, kind of redemption and, like, have her be useful, uh, like, have someone be like, hey, so you can control men, so let's figure out a way to make that useful to our society on, on Krakoa, or, or our society in, you know, the Savage Land, or wherever. Um, I would, I would just like to see. We could put her in, like, so Domino has her, like, posse with like Outback and Diamondback like yeah. Lorelai with this team using her powers to like trick people but not like be sexy grossy like I mean, like men I mean, mind control powers are and well that's the other thing too like I feel like she could also then be like Do you know what fuck dudes I'm gonna go full just like kind of like the Lorelai story from uh from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where she's like yeah I'm gonna go to Vegas and I'm gonna like get all of the money so I can feed my starving parents in the swamps of the savage land. Like, again, like have her just have some kind of agency. I mean, even if it's like kind of like a joke story, like in like a sort of like a Deadpool or like, um, you know, you know, when they do like those like fun anthology series where it's like a bunch of like short stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where just like, she, she's in Vegas, like, scamming, like, scamming dudes, or... That's perfect. She's, like, a, a Vegas show, and she has, like, little henchmen that robbed them while she's... Yes! But, again, I'm having so her have, have, have something to do where it's for her and not for someone else is what I would like to see for her. And then some guy's, like, super creepy, and she, like, cuts her hair at the end to, like, a manageable length. She's like, fuck yeah. men, I'm doing my own thing now. She's like, I'm doing a, sen a sensible bi-level bob. Forget Lorelai. I'm going by Lonnie from now on. <laughs> She's going by Rory. She she finally watched 
uh, all the seasons of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Demanda, I adore you. I think you are wonderful. Uh, this has been so fun to just nerd out over this nonsense, lovely character. It's uh, nonsense and almost like non, like non-entity character. Like she yeah. literally hasn't done anything in the 60 years that she's been around. Someday I'll do an episode on Dragonfly, who's a character that's different, but weirdly that I have similar sentiment for, because she's yeah. like one of the first girl X-Men villains and like has never done anything. Yeah, I, I was going to say, she, no she's voice. never done and, and I think, because she was part of the Animen, right? Mm-hmm. And her, and real name is, her real name is Veronica Daltrey, which is like very designer <laughs> women. <laughs> First of all, I love that for her. But also, I feel like she hasn't even appeared in all of the issues that like the Animen have appeared in. Like she really doesn't even get to be a part of like all of their adventures. That's because so the stranger. She, that's because the stranger puts her in a jail cell in space for half her continuity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. I'll do a. I'll do an episode on her someday. Now, Demanda's going to be coming back on my podcast when we have the guest Veronica Fish, who is drawing Lorelai for my wall, and I can't wait. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Demanda, this episode is going to drop on Patreon on uh, September 19th. We'll eventually put it out on The Real Podcast a few months later. Uh, when uh, when this is coming out on the 19th, uh, let us know where people can find you online and is there anything you want to plug? I know you're always doing a bajillion fucking things because you're amazing yes. and you're everywhere. And I love <laughs> it. So uh, if you are in the D.C. area, uh, I am a part of a bunch of shows in Washington, in the, in Washington D.C. area. Uh, please just follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, at Demanda Martini, D-M-A-N-D-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-I to find out where I will be. Um, as far as le- like, also my social media is like, you know, where I post lots of cool, fun looks. Um, I will be having a bunch of interesting, spooky things coming up. Uh, a lot of, a lot of new looks. Um, Actually, on the 19th, the day that this episode airs on the Patreon, um, I'm going to be debuting a Zaladane and Celine number um, at a drag show, uh, okay. which is going to be super fun. Um, and then, uh, I so again, if you're in the D.C. area, I also host a regular show at D.C. Vegan, which is on 16th and P, or I'm sorry, 17th and P. Uh, and it's called, it's now been rebranded as Demanda Nightcap, and w- in which we have a drag show where we also have readings from erotic fiction. Oh, uh, which, I wanna go. Which is so much fun. The, for, the first one that we had, um, my dear best friend, Dax Exclamation Point, um, was my special guest. And she read from the very first, very, 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 very first slash fan fiction ever written that was about Star Trek. Uh, because she also did her Uhura number, and it was incredible. My favorite is there was also an accompanying haiku, uh, which was also written around the same time, like around the 70s, and it literally ends with, and they had gay sex. (laughs) Which is incredible. Um, There's there's an internet clip of B. Arthur, who's very old, reading part of Pamela Anderson's dirty book at Pamela Anderson's roast on comedy. Yep. Yep. It lives rent free in my brain. I love it. It's incredible. So um, also for the next couple of months, um, my friend Heather, who gave me the idea for the show, um, she is also an erotic fiction author. And 
Uh, so she has a lot of erotic fiction author friends. And so they are giving me some of their books to read at these. So it's also like local authors, uh, you know, small authors, also female authors of erotic fiction, uh, which I feel like is a little important, uh, especially in the uh, erotic literature uh, world. So yeah, it was really fun reading a story where it's like, and her heaving breath spilled out of the lacy top. It was seriously the most. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. So again, if you're in the DC area, um, please come find me. I would love to see you and please come and say hi. Um, I will also- I will so come to your show. I would love that. <laughs> please, please. Um, but so the next convention I will be at will be Farpoint Convention in February. Um, I- I am currently in the middle of trying to figure out how and why and who for the next drag show that we're going to do. It's to Farpoint and Beyond is the drag show uh, that we will do and also what numbers I want to do. I'm feeling a little Nurse Chapel, potentially a little Tasha Yar. Um, I'm feeling very Star Trek for, for Farpoint. Um, and uh, yeah, again, I would love to see all of you hopefully next year. I'm going to be going to um, a bunch of other conventions. So those people who listen will hopefully be able to see me in person at at, a, at another convention. I will be traveling, uh, hopefully, to uh, the Salt Lake Convention, uh, Fan X, and uh, I'll be in Portland at some point next year as well. Are, are you coming to, to Salt Lake in 2023? Yes. So, because so, I was yes. going to say the convention here is in like two weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I can't make that happen. However, I will be in Salt Lake City uh, uh, in January of 2023, and then again, I hope to be back uh, next September for Fan X. Well, let's hang out both times you're here. If you are, of course. if you have free time, I'd love to see you uh, on Gray Malkin Lane. You can find us Gray Malkin PP like podcast on Twitter, Gray Malkin underscore Lane on Instagram. Literally the same day we're dropping this, I will be releasing perhaps the gayest episode of this podcast ever. Uh, in that we are doing an Iceman origin review with Luciano Vecchio, Terry Blass, and Josh Trujillo, who were all at Flamecott with us. And uh, the fact that I get to drop all this in the same day and it's so gay is so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's literally the gayest day. It's and the then the next, day. the next Patreon episode uh, coming out after this, where it will be a very different pacing, uh, and I'm going to be doing the character Moses Magnum with uh, Andre Mason, and it's Moses is fucking fierce, man. He's intense. We'll be talking all about him. Yeah, uh, Demanda, as we're signing off, can I get one last Lorelai sound effect <laughs> from you? Just. <laughs> Oh my god, my brain is leaving. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Demanda. Thanks for hanging out. I love with you. Me. Okay, everybody's <laughs> <laughs>